there. Welcome to another edition of Making Money. Ron Hebert is on the line, our financial coach, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. We're going to talk about an area that I guess for some people, Ron, would be quite sensitive. But for those of us that have children and you want to have some kind of a, of a, of a plan to, you know, I mean, a lot of my friends say, like, I hope the last check bounces and there won't be anything to leave for the kids. Let them fend for themselves. But there are some that want to hand something down to their children. And it can be a really, really complicated, really troubling way to go about things, isn't it? Yeah, because historically kids have not been good stewards of the dollars their parents and grandparents have uh, who built the wealth uh, to begin with. You know, it's far harder to earn and preserve wealth than it is to spend it. And that is why 90% of intergenerational wealth transfers don't survive past three generations. All you have to do is go to Europe and look at how many of these spoiled brat trust fund kids have completely blown up millions and billions of dollars that were given to them by their by their parents. So um, you might be lucky enough to have kids that are extremely responsible, have good educations, careers, stable and lucrative family lives. You know, they are not marred with divorce. And then an inheritance is easy for you. Uh, or, you know, you just might be extremely wealthy and you can set up a family office and you can hire an army of uh, lawyers and trust fund people uh, so that the kids can't get too far out of hand because you've got an army of of people getting paid very well to make sure that the the money gets passed on. But for the rest of us, you know, we don't have the resources to do these types of things. And so having kids that have problems, and a lot of kids today do, they, they need special consideration and special concerns. And so we've, we've, we've got some, what I think are fairly innovative ideas. If you've got kids that are problem kids for you. Okay, so offspring that requires special consideration. Let's brand it that way. A good way to brand it, Gord. Okay. And, so- you know, these are, it's a third group of, of kids. These are kids that, uh, for one reason or another, just don't have the financial ability to handle money on their own. And uh, I've broken them down into five categories. And the first one is kids that have gotten themselves uh, into bad relationships via common law or marriage, and where one partner is, is frankly sticking it to the other one, and is often using uh, the sons and daughters as financial lever to extract more money from the spouse or his or her financially well-off parents. I think we all know people like we've, that. We've heard this story, Ron. Yeah, if you've done any life at all, you've heard this story before that there's just, you know, when a marriage blows up and people get vindictive and often avarice and greed and and frustration, they all work together to make life sheer hell for both parties. And uh, kids often get caught up in in this. And if you've got a bad relationship, I mean, I've talked to so many people where the one spouse is just using the kids as a financial lever and of course, the grandparents are just beside themselves. They don't know what to do. And so this is one area where you have to be so careful because uh, when they use guilt as a financial lever, uh, they, can, they can take a lot of money away or strip a lot of money from, from parents uh, or from 
the intergenerational money transfers that you thought were going to help your, your kids and your grandkids, but frankly get split up and divorced. So you want to be very, very careful, especially if kids are in a bad relationship. And I think we also know this one too, Ron, uh, if you've had any life experience and met any number of people, there, there are just youngsters out there that never get their lives together for whatever reason, right? No, it's not necessarily mom and dad's fault. You could come up with a myriad of explanations, but they just don't know how to handle their affairs. You know, we, they they call that generation the snowflake generation, and there seems to be more people that are, maybe it's because of the, the kids know that they're going to get an inheritance. And uh, they don't earn much, and they continually spend beyond their means. They drift from one thing to another. They don't really have a focus in their life. And, you know, that kind of kid is, uh, you know, we call them trust fund brats because they expect to get a lot of money, and they, they, they just have never had to earn anything for themselves, and they just never get their lives together. They don't have any goals. They don't, they, direction is hard for them to come by. And if you have that kind of kid... Uh, once you're gone, if you leave them a lot of money, it'll probably just disappear. Then, of course, there are there are children that that are disabled that just don't have the ability to manage these affairs, right? They they have to get some kind of consideration too, and they have to be specifically looked after because these are the kids that can become a victim because they they don't have the the, the often the mental capability. Uh, to look after themselves, and they can really get taken advantage of. And I've seen that happen so many times. And often, it doesn't happen from an outsider. Often it happens from a family member or relative that is put in charge of these kids. And they uh, take the money. (laughs) And they take the money, exactly. Yeah. What about, uh, and this is a tough one to say, but frankly, there are some people out there that are just gullible, right? You know, as P.T. Barnum said, there's a sucker born every minute. And that's unfortunate, but unfortunately, it's true. true. Yeah, Many people have a social circle of people who are influencers and who want to take financial advantage of them. I mean, the, the classic story is a boxer. And a boxer, when he's making lots of money, he'll have an entourage of 40 or 50 people around him. And these are people that get paid for who knows what. They're hangers on. As, they're hangers on. And as soon as the boxer uh, gets TKO'd a few times and uh, isn't making the kind of money they did before, uh, that whole entourage just disappears. So the, the same thing happens if, 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 you know, if you're the life of the party, if you go to the bar and buy everybody drinks, if you're always the guy that the check ends up in front of them, well, your money's going to disappear, or especially if they know your parents have money, they're always coming up to you with these fly-by-night crazy investment ideas. Um, you know, when you see one harebrained scheme after another, and these kids don't have the ability uh, to properly vet these ideas, you know, these are kids that really need special consideration. These are not kids you want to just stroke a check to. And sadly, the other one is, is youngsters with addiction problems, right? And when you've got a, an addiction problem, all money does is support your habit. All money does is give you the ability to buy whatever you want, and there's no consequences. So these are kids as well that you just can't leave a lot of money to. So what do you do here? What's, what's, the, uh, what's the basic plan? 
Well, I think you've got um, really uh, three different options. And if you have a little bigger estate, I mean, if you're if you're very wealthy, if you have a hundred or million or more, you're probably going to set up a family office, or you're just going to hire someone full time to, and you're going to treat your in, in investment portfolio like a business. So you'll invest in the markets, you'll invest in private businesses, and the cash flow and profits that come through will get vetted out to the to the kids. And if you have that much money, it's great. If you don't, another option is to go to a trust company and have a trustee put in charge of the assets. So this is what I call the, the third party option. And uh, so, you know, generally, if you have a couple million dollars, uh, you can go to a trust company. And the advantage of a trust company is that if, if you put someone in charge of the estate, well, maybe they're going to pass away. But a, a trust company is a legal entity. They keep going on and on and on. So you set up a trust with them. And as long as you have uh, benefactors to the trust, uh, the trust will survive. And, you know, it can be even intergenerational. So uh, trusts are great. It's just they're expensive and you're having a third party step into your affairs. And a lot of people don't like that. So uh, you have another option. Your second option is you can also give a family member or members a power of attorney over the inheritance that this could cause a huge rift in family unity. And, you know, if you have a problem kid, do you want to leave members of your family in charge of having to, to say no to them over and over again, because the problem kid usually, if he knows there's money there, is going to hound the family member that's got the power of attorney. And so this turns out to be just a job that nobody wants. How many times so, have we seen this depicted in movies, right? Oh, <laughs> Where exactly. they have the meeting in the lawyer's office and then there's a big explosion when somebody gets left out or whatever. And I've seen it happen, and I know you have too, Gord, where, where families get torn apart with this kind of oh, stuff. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. So if you've got a problem, kid, you want to be very, very careful about getting another, giving another member uh, power of attorney because, frankly, it could be just virtually ruin their life. Okay, the final one here is an interesting one, and, and this is very thought-provoking. That's buying an annuity for this particular child or children. Yes, an annuity is simply a contract with an insurance company that will pay out a fixed monthly amount for as long as that person is alive. So if you buy an annuity, uh, the kid can't get at the principal. The principal eventually will get paid out. But if the, the kid lives 10 years, um, the annuity will pay for 10 years. So if the kid lives 20 years, the annuity will pay for 20. If the kid lives 40, the annuity will pay for 40. It's called a life annuity. So it's just a fixed monthly amount for as long as the person is alive. And its advantages are that it cannot be broken into like a piggy bank and the principal withdrawn. So you're setting your, your kid is going to get a certain amount every month. Now, if they live a long time and inflation can affect this. So there's some disadvantages here. And also right now, interest rates are extraordinarily low, but the big advantages in many ways, certainly overwhelm it since it can be put in one person's name. It can be structured to survive a marriage breakup. It can also be structured to pay monthly, which matches most people's bill paying expense cycle. And because it pays out for the life of the annuant, they will never outlive their money. So, so there's a lot of advantages. 
when it survives a marriage breakup, you mean if there's a divorce that the the one partner can't get at that thing? Is that was that right? Really? Exactly. Okay. Fascinating. So, so what's the so, buying strategy here then? Well, until recently, annuities have been talked about much because interest rates have been so low that the payouts on annuities haven't been that attractive. And the reason why I'm bringing this show to people's attention now is because governments are printing money like there's no tomorrow, not just in Canada and the U.S., but Europe and virtually everywhere. And uh, historically, when governments have this kind of behavior, it leads to inflation. And if we see it start seeing inflation, uh, increased levels of inflation lead to higher interest rates. And so when we get higher interest rates, this is the perfect environment for locking in those high rates through an annuity. So if you see higher rates, annuities will once again start to be an attractive component of your transition portfolio for, for money to your, your kids. And it could be a financial tool that's very, very effective for those kids that really can't look after themselves. Anecdotally here, Ron, I would just uh, I have some experience in this. My father-in-law, who was a farmer, and he sold the farm back in 1980 uh, when interest rates were high. And that's one of the things he did. He said, well, if I could look after mom and I here and, and, you know, we'll be pretty comfortable. So he stuck some money in an annuity when rates were, I think, at about 19%. And it, it generated yeah. handsome income for them in their retirement, right? Yeah. And so I don't know how high rates are going to go, but if uh, if we have a significant move in rates, annuities become a very, very good option. And because we don't know how far rates will go up, it's a good strategy to buy annuities and lump sum sporadically over time so that you can capture a good average rate instead of making a a one-time payment. So if you had a kid, for example, and you were going to buy a $200,000 annuity, well, buy 50 and then buy 50 and then buy 50 and then buy 50. So if you're starting to get good rates, you see them go up, just start locking in because you don't know how long that's going to last. That's a pretty good strategy right there. You're, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, right? Yeah. And uh, like I say, uh, an annuity is still with Rates near record lows aren't particularly attractive today. But keep an eye on things. Absolutely. All right, there you go. Some sage advice from the financial coach. Uh, sadly, that not every happy, not every family is happy. And not every family functions the way we'd like to see them, like father knows best for those of us who have been around for a while. Sometimes there's bumps in the road, and this is one strategy for you to employ to try to smooth those bumps out a little bit. We're back next week with another edition of Making Money. And remember, if you have a question, Ron does, loves to do his research, right? He likes to, if you've got something that you think would make a good show, send it along to letsmakemoney.ca or reach us through cfcw.com. And we'll be happy to deal with that topic. Or if you have a question concerning finance, we'd be happy to answer that for you as well. Ron, enjoy your week. We'll chat again next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.